You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Triple Content Creations and Podcast Jukebox present Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. This is a show that started out only talking about sex and disability. It was a podcast that was dedicated to exploring the ins and outs of sex and disability because we don't talk about that hardly at all. But as the show has grown, I realized that Disability After Dark could shine a light on so many other things about disability we don't talk about, and that was really exciting. So, now, this show is a show that will shine a light on the experience of disability, whether we're talking about sexuality, accessibility, or anything and everything in between. Come shine a bright light on all things disability with me, your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve, the number one adult toy superstore. They reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark. We love your show. We love what you're doing. And we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes, I do. But what are my awesome listeners going to get if I run ads for you? What are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to AdamEve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store, almost any one item in the store, for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie, if you want, for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag, and you're ready to go, but guess what? This offer also includes 10 free items on top of that that other item. So you get one free item for penis havers, one free item for vulva havers, one free item for couples, and then you also get six free movies from the AdamEve.com website. You can get your favorite porn or an educational film. I love free movies. They're so awesome. This is such a great deal. And then, on top of that, you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer. So, to redeem this great offer, what you're going to do is you're going to go to AdamEve.com, 
you're going to go to checkout and you're going to type in dark pod that's d-a-r-k-p-o-d at checkout and you're going to get one item almost anything in the store at 50 percent off and then you're going to get those 10 free gifts absolutely free as part of your offer this is such a great deal and this is just for you disability after dark listeners and i hope you run over to adameve.com and take advantage of it right now Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. I'm, of course, Andrew Gerza, your disabled dicksmith, your... Disability Awareness Consultant, your number one queer cripple, all those things I am. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get this episode started. First things first, as always, I want to give a shout out to the people who help keep this show going and keep a bright light shining on all these things. And those are the awesome Patreon supporters for the show who pledge between $1 and $5 a month and sometimes more to help this show go and so I want to give a shout out and an awkward shout out at that to some of our Patreon supporters and let me do that right now. I want to shine a bright light on Cat Hart who pledged $5 a month to keep this show going and and sign on to the Build a Disability After Dark episode tier. So Cat Hart, you make my heart purr with warmth and joy. Thank you for doing that, and if you want to build a Disability After Dark episode with me, send an email to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com, let me know the topics that you want to shine a bright light on, and let's see if we can build an episode together. If you're listening and you want to support the show between $1 and $5 a month, with well, a $1 a month tier will get you an awkward shout out and the show's one day early via our Patreon, and the $5 a month tier will get you an awkward shout out and the show's one day early as well as the opportunity to build a show with me so if you want to support the show you can do so at patreon.com slash disability after dark but thanks cat really appreciate it some updates on the time of recording i officially bought the disabilityafterdark.com domain and I'm going to start putting it together and put all the show stuff there and go back into the archives and find the old episodes and put them all there on on the website and figure out how to do that to make it look nice and I'm also going to figure out a way to make the website kind of interactive and make it cool I don't know how to do any of that so if anybody out there is a web designer and wants to do some work with me on this let's talk about that together because um, I'd love your help so let's chat about it but the domain is mine now and that's great. I just figured it would be it would be a really it would be a better way for anybody to have access to the show and have a website that's fully dedicated to the show itself. And then we we've been going for three years without a website, and it's about bloody time we have one, isn't it? So that's what I was that's what I did. So I bought it today, and I'm excited. I'm so excited to see what we can do with it. So stay tuned. I don't think I have any other major updates, and I'm excited to get to today's episode. So get comfy, cozy, and crippled, and let's get started right now.
So last year in September, I did an episode at the end of summer that looked at seasonal sex tips for summertime. So it was like an episode that looked at um, sex tips for summertime and injected disability in there. And I'm not entirely sure why I did this episode at the end of summer last year, but there you have it. So I looked at particular sex acts one does in the summer and explored the accessibility of each of these things. And I can't remember, I remember doing something about like, ice in the in the hot summer and how that could be a, an accessibility issue um and like going to the beach was going to the beach and having sex at the beach was an accessibility issue i remember doing that stuff like that um and so i wanted to do another episode like this but i thought we should switch seasons and look at the the accessibility of dating and coupley sexy things in the fall time and explore their accessibility, and if they're not accessible, we can explore why that is, and talk about ways to make them more accessible if possible. Also, a couple of people told me that they liked when I did episodes like this, and I infused disability into a completely non-disability-related thing, and they were really thankful for that. So I was like, let's do another one. So here we are. So I'm really excited to do this one, and let's get started. One of the very first things I saw in multiple dating sites and like how to have 20 sexy tips for fall time with your partner, that kind of stuff. That's a lot of the bulk of where I got my quote unquote research for this episode was like sexy tips for your sexy fall tips so he'll fall in love with you again or some bullshit, that kind of stuff. Um, That's where I got a lot of my stuff. So I saw this, I saw this one in multiple, multiple articles was that everyone said you should go camping away in the woods with your partner. A whole bunch of articles talked about this and how you could reconnect with a lover that you may have drifted from or show a whole different side of yourself to a new lover as you disconnect from the hustle and bustle of electronics. This basically translated into a whole bunch of images of white, able-bodied, conventionally attractive, hetero couples in tents. Ugh. As a physically disabled person who is pretty much 100% reliant on systems and devices that require electricity simply to survive, the whole idea about going camping with a lover and having to navigate accessibility without electricity, the thing that makes accessibility actually work, is downright terrifying to me. It doesn't in any way fill me with a sense of idealized warmth or nostalgia. My very first thought is, what happens when my chair dies in the woods and it starts to rain? because it's a very real possibility when you go camping and you're disabled, is that your chair will die in the woods and it will start to rain and you'll be stuck there, and then what What do you do? So I am never really excited about this whole camping thing as a wheelchair-using person because you're taking me away from my electricity that I need to function in my wheelchair. So camping doesn't excite me as a fall sexy thing to do, personally. Also, when I think about camping, I also think, can my cha- can my wheelchair outrun a brown bear? Because, you know, in the woods, there are bears and animals that, that are designed to eat you. So I'm constantly worried that like a, that like a coyote is gonna come and get us or a bear or something and I can't, my chair is not, not built to outrun that animal, I'm good, that's it, that's, I'm done, like, no way, I'm gonna definitely die. I also think about, is my newfound lover gonna be happy and turned on, are we gonna have a moment of nostalgia and, like, 
reconnectedness when I tell my newfound lover, hey lover, I need you to push my chair into into that alley, into that like crossing way so I can, with all the trees and in the darkness, so we can get home and oh yeah, it's like, it's like below freezing and I can't help you, but you have to push me there. Good luck to you. I don't think any any partner would enjoy that, and I don't think that would help us. I definitely don't think that would help us reconnect or rekindle our love for each other in any way. Just a quick sidebar there. I'm also not entirely sure why I said crossing way just now when I meant to say forest. <laughs> what? What I meant to say was, hey, lover, you'd have to push me into that, into that forest. And for some reason I said... Hey, lover, you have to push me to that crossing way. Very weird. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that that you and a, a romantic partner would be really excited if they had to push you deep into the forest to find electricity to get your chair working when your chair dies and is stuck in the mud. Nobody wants that. That's not a sexy camping moment, and that would definitely happen to me if I went camping with my wheelchair. A lot of the articles also suggested that camping with a lover will determine if they are in fact, quote, the one. <laughs> Blurg. Listen, if you want to push my 300-pound batteryless wheelchair, power chair, through the elements as we race for our lives against a bear, and you still find me sexy afterward, sexy enough to propose to me, you are then indeed the one, my friend. If, if, if that makes you want to be my partner for life... I will definitely say yes, but I don't think that you would want to say yes after pushing me, pushing me into the forest slash crossing way in my broken chair on a cold, chilly October evening. Also, I should note that many of the the tents that I saw in terms of accessibility for wheelchair users are not very accessible and that would make camping as a wheelchair user or somebody with different mobility needs very hard to do and but i did find six wheelchair accessible camping tents on a website called disabilities oh dear disabilities 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 but the easiest spell e a s e so like disabilities like it's easy to be disabled that's a really shitty pun but uh good on you so i found these tents these six wheelchair accessible tents that are apparently accessible but they only have pictures of people in manual chairs in their ads so i don't know if a wheelchair user can actually use these tents and then i found one that said that one in their ads for the tent. I can't remember which one. I'm not going to say which one it is. It said, The bedroom section is the only one protected by a door, which will make wheelchair accessing rather difficult. What? So you're going you're gonna to have a tent for disabled people to sleep in camping, but you're not going to let them have a bedroom? That feels very inaccessible. And no. But yeah, the majority of the tents are not designed for... Power chair users, which makes them not entirely accessible. I also found it super annoying that in all the the the, the listicles about camping and dating and fall time and all the bullshit, all of them, almost all of them said, 
that you should ditch your cell phone for the weekend and just get off the grid and be together with your partner and be a couple and bond that way. I feel the need to reiterate quite strongly that disabled people need to be on their phones and have their devices with them at all time. They, these are our lifelines. These are the things that make us feel safe and these are the things that make us feel like we're connected if something goes wrong or if we need to get a hold of somebody or if something happens, we need our phones. So don't ask us when we go camping to take away our phones. It's an ableist thing. Maybe we need our phone. Maybe you have an invisible disability that means you have to stim or need stimulation that is your phone. Phones are important and even if you're camping, you can still have your phone. It doesn't mean you are a bad person if you have your phone and you're camping. Obviously, if your partner's there and wants to give you a blowjob, get off your phone. But if you need it to feel safe, your phone is an accessibility thing. And it shouldn't be... We should talk about those more in articles as opposed to saying how unimportant the phone is. We need to talk about it more as an accessibility need versus just a frivolous thing we have. Because for disabled people, the phone is really important. And we, when we go off the grid, we still need our phones. They're essential. One of the other major things that I saw as a fall dating thing to do with your coupley partner was to, quote, grab a match, grab some wood, and start a fire to make a bonfire. Okay, my very first thought when I read this was, the only wood that you should be grabbing is mine, and if you grab a match of any sort, I'm leaving. I'm out. Bye. From a disability standpoint, I think there are a number of issues with bonfires. I really have some issues with us starting a bonfire and let me tell you my feelings about that namely i think for individuals who have any sort of breathing issues or pulmonary stuff smoke can be really really dangerous for you smoke can be dangerous for anybody but particularly those of us with like asthma or like like cystic fibrosis or like other breathing disabilities that I can't think of right now, but I'm sure there are plenty, and if you want to email me some, please do. But I just feel like smoke is a date. You shouldn't be around smoke if you have certain disabilities. No one wants their date to die like Jack from This Is Us, okay? Nobody nobody wants that. Nobody wants to have their to have a sexy bonfire camping moment and then four hours later have their partner be in the ER dying of a Widowmaker's... A Widowmaker's cough or something, whatever the hell Jack died from in that show. No one wants that. I don't want my partner to die that way, and I don't want to put my partner at risk if they have disability stuff like that. Yeah, a fire is pretty. Yeah, it's warm. Yeah, okay, that's and you could cuddle up against it. But you could also just go inside where there's, like, central air. You don't need to be outside in the bonfire. You don't need to. No, no. Also... Should the fire get out of control, there's a limit to what many disabled people can do to protect themselves. So if it, like, starts becoming a wildfire or starts, like, moving across ways or the smoke gets really bad or if it starts spreading, what do I do as a, d a disabled person to get away from fire? I can't. I'd be trapped if anything happened. And that just doesn't feel unsafe. And also, many of our electrical mobility devices can't be around flames. So, starting a fire to have a sexy bonfire with your partner is just a big, fat no on that front, quite frankly. No. Just no. 
Also, there's no way that I could help my lover make a bonfire. I have spastic cerebral palsy, and it is highly likely that if we make a bonfire together, I will throw a flaming log at you, and that could end up in tragedy. So if third-degree burns from a spastic lover turn you on, woof, let's go. But otherwise, maybe let's not start a fire, shall we? The next one that I saw was one that I actually really liked, and I want to. I mean, I think this would be a great thing for you to do with a partner if you have disabilities. Both disabled partners can actually do this if you are in a, if you are a couple of people who are disabled together. This would be a great thing for you to do together too. So here it is. You could totally go horseback riding. I used to go horseback riding as a little boy when I was like six or seven and I as a kid with cerebral palsy I loved horseback riding I thought it was so calming and it was actually super therapeutic and there are a lot of therapeutic benefits to horseback riding one of the things that I saw in the research that we talk about a whole lot on this show especially is manual dexterity apparently if you ride horses this will greatly increase your hand dexterity as well as both your fine and gross motor skills you know how much I talk about motor skills and masturbation on this show. So, so yeah, get on a horse and start working that shit out. This means that being in the saddle literally will help you ride his saddle figuratively. And in my notes I have, save a horse, ride a hot disabled person. Damn right. Damn right. One of the other things about, about hippotherapy that I think is important for disabled daters is that it is proven to help you increase your social skills with particular benefits to individuals on the autism spectrum. So it helps them connect with people better, they're more connected in conversation because they can talk about the horse, all that stuff. So if you are somebody on the autism spectrum who feels like dating is a hard thing for you to do, maybe hippotherapy is a cool way to do that. Maybe you can do it in the fall. Or something with a partner that's just an option um, and I, I said in my notes uh, so many disabled people have trouble connecting with other people because ableism is real so if getting up on sea biscuit with a lover makes that connection easier in any way you should do it definitely also I'm not gonna lie I have a fantasy of, of a guy holding me on holding me bareback on a horse somewhere and because I'm super spastic and it could flail about at any moment my partner would literally have to hold me super tight but if we were bare chested on a horse maybe on a beach somewhere or in the forest somewhere or the crossing way as I call it now that would be super hot so if anybody wants to ride bare chested on a horse while I try not, not to fall off the horse I'm down for that any takers In all the magazines that I saw for fall sexy things to do, I saw this one repeatedly again and again. I saw the suggestion of building a fort with a partner in fall time, and I thought this was a pretty awesome idea. This could definitely take the place of camping when you both when you, both you and your lover finally realize just how inaccessible actually going camping can be, but I think building a fort is also pretty important because I feel like most disabled, chronically ill, or bedbound babes are super well-versed in creating awesome forts already. 
we know how to be sick, sexy, and uber comfy. So this could be an excellent opportunity to do with your partner in the fall months. You could, you know, show your partner how you set up your, like, fort when you're not feeling well and what you do, what the things you need, like your favorite magazines, your movies, your, like, comfort stuff, your snacks, all the things you do in a fall when you're, like, I'm having a chronically ill pain day, I can't move, but I want all my things. That's basically a fort. We know how to do that. So I think making a fort with a partner and showing them that part of your life, especially if it's a new partner and they're not aware of all these things, could be a really fun thing to do that you could incorporate in the fall and you could definitely make your disability, you could, you could shine a light on your disability things like that um, because you could show your partner that this is a real thing you experience, not just in the fall for fun, it's a real thing as a disabled person you have to do on the daily to feel okay. For me, as a wheelchair user, one of the cool things about making a fort is that if your partner, if your partner is able-bodied or more able than you and they're able to lift you in the fort, it gets you out of your wheelchair for just a minute to actually be on the floor in a safe, comfy environment. So often when we are doing stuff, it's between the wheelchair and the bed and then a commode chair maybe or a sling or something. We don't get chances to just be on the floor and the fort is a safe comfy fun way to do that with the partner so I've only been on I think I mentioned this in an episode way back I've only been on the floor once for sex with the partner and I loved it because it was a whole different experience so I am putting it out there potential lovers of Andrew I want to make a fort and fucking it so let's talk about that sometime the next big thing that I saw repeatedly for fall things you can do on a date or as a couple is to go to a haunted house. Now, I love a good scare and the whole idea of being able to grab a romantic partner really tight and build that touch intimacy is such a super sexy thing for me, but I don't really know if a haunted house is the best fall thing to engage in together as a disabled person, if I'm honest with you. I don't know how I feel about that. And here's why. Many disabled people have sensory issues with sounds, lights, and all the things that make a haunted house, well, a haunted house. And I know that when I get scared, I not only fling things across the room, as I've said a number of times in this show, my body also tenses right up, and I can, I can sometimes go into a really painful spasm in my adductor muscles. My whole body goes tense when I get really, really, really scared, and it really, really hurts for like a good 20, 30, 40 minutes of like muscle pain. And it doesn't feel nice at all, and that's part of my, because my spastic reflux, reflexes rather, reflux, my, my spastic reflexes, I can go really, really tight, really fast, and it hurts a lot, so when I get really scared, that happens. Um, and I also think that for people with particular mental illnesses or sensory stuff or other types of invisible disabilities, going to a haunted house as a first date or a fall date option may just not be the best choice. I think you may want to call ahead and inquire if the haunted house has a relaxed performance schedule or something around along those lines. Um, there was a really cool haunted house in the Toronto area in the last few years run by a bunch of trans and gender non-conforming and disabled people that specifically did relaxed performances for kids and youth with disabilities. It was, I can't remember what it was called, but it was really, really, 
really groundbreaking. Um, and they would do these things where they would like turn all the lights on and show the kids like the show the kids the guts and show the kids the sound machine and show the kids the scary guy it was not really that scary and it was a really interesting thing and I think we should do more things like that in haunted houses for adults. We should have like relaxed performance hours because a lot of disabled people when they get scared they their bodies react way more than their minds do or vice versa their minds react way more than their body does because of disability and we need to find ways to to lessen that and I think relaxed performances in haunted houses be really cool also it's important to note that a lot of haunted houses option a lot of haunted house options are just not accessible to wheelchair users and so you may want to consider that before choosing haunted houses as a fall thing to to do together I wouldn't want to go to a haunted house and have to pee the whole time and not be able to get my wheelchair in in the bathroom if I, if I had to pee so you may want to look into into those things there may also be steps in the haunted house because they want to make it old and creepy so you may want to check this before you go and, and search for a haunted house to do together and maybe you know ask your disabled partner if it's something they want to do before you decide that that's what you want to do check in first make sure that it's a comfortable thing for them and if not and if it's not accessible don't do it Another big couple thing that I saw that I thought was kind of great actually for disabled and non-disabled partners alike is to look at the idea of going costume shopping together for joint Halloween costumes and I think it's an awesome idea because so many costume designs for disabled people are inaccessible to dis to no sorry let me say it again so many costume designs are inaccessible to disabled users generally and I can say that if you, are an, you, if you are a wheelchair user, you don't always want to go as something that fits over your chair. So a lot of the designs that you see for wheelchair users are like, let's be a boat captain, let's be a race car driver, let's be this. And it's a huge contraption that has to go over your chair, which makes you way more bulkier than you normally are. And if you're trying to navigate like a party or something, you're going to be wider than you usually are. And if you have no spatial awareness like I do, you're going to bump into somebody the whole time. and Nobody wants to be bigger than they need to be when they're trying to drive their wheelchairs. That's not a sexy look. Spending the whole night having people bump into you more than usual is super annoying and not fun for anyone. Also, by going costume shopping together, a non-disabled partner will be able to understand some of the challenges of being disabled and trying to dress up when dealing with a mobility device. Everybody, Nobody understands how hard it is to dress up in costume when you have various disabilities and how what that is like to try to get the right costume to get it to fit over your mobility device or fit in with your mobility device. Nobody gets that. And I think going with the partner and showing them that reality and showing them the challenges of trying to dress up while being disabled is important. And I think that would be just a f an important but fun thing to do together with a partner in the fall time. Going costume shopping with a partner could also be a fun way to show how our disabilities could enhance a costume idea. A cane could be an old wizardy walking stick or a giant dildo, depending on your costume. A wheelchair could be an important piece to the costume that has nothing to do with being in a wheelchair or everything to do with being in a wheelchair. It could be a great, fun, and flirty way to learn about disability together through dress up and through play. And I think that'd be so fun if anybody 
wants to do that with me on a date, let's go. I'm here for it. Again and again, on all of these listicles, I saw the same suggestions over and over again, and one of the suggestions that I saw over and over again are to go to an orchard or a maze or a pumpkin patch. Okay, as a disabled person, I think that going to any kind of patch or maze or orchard of any sort is kind of super inaccessible. Very similar to the camping suggestion, if you, as my partner, want to spend all afternoon getting me and my wheelchair stuck out of the mud, then this is the date option for you and I to do together. But I don't think you really want to do that. I don't really think I want to do that either. One of the blogs said that, quote, Corn mazes can be terrifying, but with your sweetheart, it's an epic ga game of hide-and-seek. All I could think was, sure, it's an epic game of hide-and-seek, as my power chair is stuck in a corn maze and you can't find me or help me out. Super fun! Not. I don't want to play hide-and-seek with you if I can't get my chair out of the corn maze. I just don't see its appeal. I used to go to the, Orpa the apple orchard as a kid with my mom and we used to make, like, we used to make um, apple pies afterward, or apple crisp afterwards, and it was fun, but I, I distinctly remember getting stuck in the orchard every single time and being like, why are we doing this? This is silly. We could just go get a pie. So, the alternative to going to a pumpkin patch or an apple orchard or even a corn maze is to get some corn on the cob, get a pumpkin pie or an apple pie or an apple crisp and have that in your blanket fort with your partner naked in the fort and watching Netflix. That's a much more accessible alternative than going to than going to any kind of orchard or maze or patch. I also feel like people with specific allergies or light sensitivities might not be all about the orchard for a fall day night. And you know, p people that may, you know, have have flare-ups of things might not want to want to do any of that and I just burped into the mic oops so people who have allergies or flare-ups may not want to go to the orchard or the maze or the pumpkin patch seriously just get a pie watch some Netflix go in your four it'll be fine but you don't have to go anywhere to have a sexy fall date night really you don't the next thing on the sexy fall listicles that I found was pumpkin carving this was this was like in every single one that I saw. Seriously, it's like all the white women from California got together and were like, let's write the same listicle, but space them out every every year. We'll do the same one, but we'll use different words. And we'll, it was very, they were all the same. Uh, so I saw pumpkin carving on there, and I feel like as a disabled person, pumpkin carving is truly one of the most inaccessible day night options for disabled lovers. The last thing anybody wants is me wielding a giant knife over a gourd. I've just spent the last half an hour telling you that I have spastic cerebral palsy and I can't do lots of things. Why would you suggest that I then carve a pumpkin? Why? With my entire lack of dexterity and coordination, this could turn a truly innocent sexy day night into a true crime scene. And the girls from Wine and Crime would then have to cover the case in Halloween Crimes 2.0 or something. Because I would, it would be a murder scene. Or you would have to accompany me to the ER because I would have hacked off my fingers 
or yours and nobody nobody wants that nobody nobody wants that the accessible alternative is of course to make pumpkin seeds and make out with one another in our blanket fort while watching scary movies in Netflix and talking about how scared we are together that's that's the alternative and that's really way more exciting than pumpkin carving really truly I mean, I can watch you carve the pumpkin, and then I can eat the seeds, and then I can eat you out. That's, I mean, that's totally fine. But otherwise than that, I don't want to carve any pumpkins, okay? The only pumpkin that I want to carve is your sexy bum pumpkin with my tongue. I that, that was trying to be dirty, and it just turned out weird. Uh, <laughs> all right, so th those were the main fall things you could do together. I also found things like take a cooking class together, do that kind of stuff, but I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do sexy cooking in in another episode to look at like what's accessible there and what's not. I'm gonna do all that in another episode. But um, there you have it. That's the episode, and the, thanks for indulging me in doing the sex seasonal sexy disabled tips, the fall version. Um, enjoy. Thanks for listening. Bye. All right, friends, that's another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. My name is, of course, Andrew Gerza, and thank you so much for listening and helping the show go. I really appreciate that you all listen and that you come back every week, and I love doing it, and I love shining a bright light on these topics, so thank you. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to www.andrewgerza.com where you'll find my writings, some cool videos I've been in, and you'll see where I've been talking, where I've been doing talks. And if you want to hire me to talk, you can do so there as well. If you want to follow me on the social media, you can put in all my handles on Insta, Twitter, and Facebook at TheAndrewGerza. If you want to follow the podcast specifically, you can follow us on Twitter at DisAftDarkPod or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash disability after dark. This show is a completely independent production. I literally record the show here in my bedroom in Toronto, and that's awesome. So if you want to support this fully independent program, you can head over to patreon.com slash disability after dark, and you can pledge $1 a month to get the show early and get really cool perks like that. And I, I will give you a shout out on the air, and thank you for your support. It would be super awesome if you could also leave a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast so that this show, all about sexuality and disability, something we don't talk about enough, can get more traction and more people can hear about the show. Lastly, if you want to be a part of Disability After Dark, you can submit your suggestions, story ideas, or your minisodes to our email inbox disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time right here on the program Shining a Bright Light on Sex and Disability, Disability After Dark. New episodes of Disability After Dark will be available every Thursday on your favorite podcast app. Also available to Patreon subscribers one day early on every Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Copyright notice.
Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations, with music by Chris Ujiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2019.